When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Tripe Supper, Gazette Borough's Middlesbrough Football Club podcast. What a load of tripe. So Middlesbrough are seven points adrift of safety with eight games to play. The latest damaging defeat came at Hull on Wednesday night. Vic, you've slept on it. What are your thoughts? Well, I haven't slept much, I must say. A bit of a nightmare, to be honest. Um, Where to start, really? I mean, going into Christmas, I think we all thought it was going to be a grind and it was a season that was boring as hell, but Borough probably had enough to stay just ahead of the pack. Pretty much since January, bits have been falling off the machinery, uh, you know, in the team and behind the scenes as well. I mean, it, it's the whole thing's just been a, a dog's breakfast for the last couple of months, and it's weird how three and a half years of hard work can disintegrate so quickly. And the team last night bore no relation to the one that the the, the highly organised one the ruthlessly functional one that we've got used to over the last two years. It, it was just bizarre. It's a crazy game. I think for the neutrals, it must have, been, it must have looked absolutely fantastic. Uh, there's no question that was, you know, we, we've, we went into games saying, please, have, let's, let's have something happen. Well, mm. I didn't want it to be no. that much. <laughs> well, not so much happened, please. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I think um, after the defeat at Man United on uh, New Year's Eve, I think it was Borough were four points clear of the drop zone, effectively five a goal difference, and and the three down there looked dead and buried, didn't they? And ever since then, it's just unravelled to the point where you can't quite believe it. I can't quite believe how dramatic the unravelling has been. I mean, that Borough team last night, it it was it was unforgivable, really. And, uh, you know, look, Agnew's been under a lot of pressure to have a go and tweak the tactics and this kind of thing. But you can't you can't constitute for some of the errors that Borough made last night at the back. I mean, Ben Gibson's allowed a bad game. He's been faultless this season, but he had the worst game and I think I've I've seen in a Borough shirt. Equally with Antonio Barragan, you had a left back in husband who obviously hasn't kicked a ball in two years, you know, rightly or wrongly. And um, I'm, it's not kind of all or nothing. It's all not. It's not either we'll completely defend or we'll completely attack. It's a balance, and it's. I said to you guys in the car, it was like the West Ham home game under Karanka, but amplified tenfold. Completely naive at the back, and this is this is a whole team that, that yes, they've been good under Silver, but they're no great shakes, are they? I mean, um, it was unforgivable, and and it looked it was naive the word really, and and the the consequences are potentially fatal now. But you say naive. I mean, the way Borough set out wasn't particularly naive. I mean, if you look at, at the setup, um, seven. Of the 11 players, yeah. including the goalkeeper, was still defensive man. Adam Clayton and Martin Darum weren't bombing forward to get in the box. It was, you know, the the the, the, the creativeness came from the from the wings. Yeah, I thought Downing and Traore were. It effective. was as traditional a four four two you're going to get. It wasn't gung ho. There still should no, have no. been the protection. Maybe, actually. maybe you get away with that 
if you have George Friend, Fabio yeah, yeah. and, and Callum mm-hmm. Chambers in the mix, uh, it was a it was always going to be a disjointed performance at the back because you've got James Husband making his Premier League debut, uh, Ayala back after what six weeks out looking very rusty. It was a completely new, untried back four. And we know that Barragan hasn't been at his best in, in recent weeks, and that's been generous. So it's not the best set-up back four to, on a night when the stakes are so high and you've changed, you fundamentally changed the way you play. But when you change systems, you create areas of uncertainty and vulnerability that can be exploited. Uh, I don't think Hull are a particularly good side in terms of exploiting those those areas of weakness but Burrow just played it very badly the, the system was creaky right from the off Hull could have scored before Burrow mm. took well, the lead should have done. Yeah. Markovic should have so, the trigger shouldn't it, you know, it wasn't as if Burrow were on top and then suddenly unravelled uh, the the tactical issues were there with the team selection but that you know it, but his, his hands were forced because of the injuries at the back um, he has a decision to make now ahead of Saturday because you're left with no wriggle room whatsoever. Twenty four points to play for. You need to for well, you, you need to win games basically, mm. and, and and you need snookers. You need yeah. something special. What what does he do on Saturday, John? because he sees there that the having two players up front and Gusted and Negredo does cause teams problems. I thought Gusted was effective again, but it's finding that balance. Will it? Will he go same again Saturday? Yeah, I mean, I think the the only thing that could be a bit of a game changer is Gaston Ramirez possibly coming back. He said last night that that Gaston was close to playing at Hull, so you'd imagine. If he didn't want to play two up front after being surprised at that display, he's got to get out of jail free card now with Gaston coming in possibly as the number 10. Um, but Borough need to have a go. I mean, um, if you look at it on paper, it, look, it looks it makes awful reading, doesn't it? Um, I mean, Huller at Man City on, on Saturday and Borough host Burnley. So, I mean, theoretically, and this is with the, your biggest optimism hat on you can ever put on, they could end the day four points behind um, Hull with a game in hand. But equally, even if they win that game, and they're still going to need snookers. Um, I think that I think they've got to have a go. I think the the criticism under Itokaranka was Borough were going down without throwing a punch. Well, the, they were throwing punches last night, but were missing wildly. But I think well, it wasn't so much that they let the guard down. They were throwing yeah. punches, but they let the guard down, didn't they? I reckon there's. I don't think that that four four two necessarily should mean that they're that wide open at the back. I would I would go with it again. I think because um, if you're going to go down, you might as well go down with a you know in a blaze of glory. What positives can you take, Vic? From the, and I know this that, that seems a ridiculous question. You've just lost well, to the team that are directly above you. Is is there are there any positives? Yeah, I think there are positives. They scored two goals. That's two goals in one match. It was the first away league goal this year. So I mean that's a positive. Uh, they showed that they can put the ball in dangerous areas. Uh, they showed that the two up front can work. And I think possibly a big positive was that Adama Traore seems to be finding an end product. Uh, I know that the ball in for, for the opening goal was probably a shot, but mm. it put it in a dangerous area. I think the first 45, he was, he was a constant threat. So that's a positive. You've got to harness that uh, and you've got to sharpen up the the areas where there were there were uncertainty when when the midfield two pressed forward there was a huge gap behind them, and the defence will not be used to dealing with that. 
normally there's at least one person and usually two people yeah. covering. So you don't get those wide open spaces for the, the opposition attackers to get the ball and start running. And there was a few times that people ran, uh, particularly straight at Danny Ayala, and he just didn't know what to do because he looked around and normally there'd be three or four people shielding and there was just nobody there. A one-on-one 30 yards out and suddenly you'd sliced open. So if you're going to play four-four-two, and make those positives actually count, you have to tighten up at the back. You have to make sure that the, that, that unit that goes out there practice all, all, all through the next couple of days on, on keeping keeping a line and, and uh, protecting each other. I think it goes without saying that the Burnley game is going to be very different at Hull as well. I mean, um, I was speaking to someone um, that, that covers Hull and, and he says it's quite simple what Silver's done. He basically accepts that the team have plenty of flaws, but what he has done is he just he just says, right, this is this is the team's strength and it's it's down the flanks, it's with the full-backs. So that's just what he does and, and is playing into that. Burnley, we all know what you're going to get, really. You know, it's it, They're going to go 4-4-2. It's going to be long balls up to Vokes. And, and and Gray feeding off, and in that sense, Borough can almost go like for like because you know they've got the Gested who who matches up with Vokes. I think Borough will have to go direct. I don't think there's any point trying to play fancy football now. Um, I expect it to be as as close to a long ball championship game as you've ever seen. But perhaps against you know Burnley aren't going to rip you to pieces down the flanks. So um, you know I I think it will be a different game. I, I think that the the problem like the Palace game was that. Borough's tactic last night played into Hull's hands and, and their strengths. What What's Steve Agnew thinking now? Because he, he's three games in, he's got uh, one point out of nine, and, and, and obviously Borough needed more. The Man United game was, was obviously a bit of a free hit, the two games that have come after that or anything, but he, he promised change, and we've seen change. You know, he, I, I think the difference between Agnew and I talk around was the, the outcome was the same, but Agnew has at least tried something different. It, it hasn't worked out, but he now, I mean, does, is he doubting himself now? Is he, um, the honeymoon period certainly over. How does he now approach the, the, the last eight games of the season and what does he do to try and pick the players up? Well, I don't think we know because up to now there hasn't been an Agu style. I mean, the, the three games, the, the team's been set out differently yeah. in each, each occasion. It was a 4-3-3 against Man United. In the first 20 minutes, I thought it looked quite dynamic and fluid and they were getting forward and, and I... I thought that might possibly be a way forward uh, at Swansea it was a 4-2-3-1 mm-hmm. and it was a positive 4-2-3-1 you know, they're trying to get as many attacking players on the pitch as possible again a couple of early flashes before it fizzled out and then uh, last night it was a 4-4-2 and it was very much uh, uh, a simplistic approach very traditional English approach and there were flashes in there you know, and there were goals so I, I think he's feeling his way into finding a system that can provide a threat unfortunately time's running out fast uh, I think last night was the most obvious if simple way of providing a threat and you might be tempted to stick with that and just say look you know th- this way we might bludgeon a few wins we might fluke a few wins we might get battered once or twice but the stakes are so high now and there's no point grinding out of three or four draws in the running yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Yeah, I think, yeah, as I've said, go out with a, with a blaze of glory. I mean, another point that was kind of um, missed yesterday, it was quite interesting with the 
with the January recruits, I mean, Hull obviously signed, I think, eight players and uh, five of them started last night. Two of them scored and, and the other one in Grisicki absolutely ran the show for me. Um, in contrast, Borough's three, I mean, the, the, between the three of them, they've made a combined two Premier League starts and, and really kind of flattered to see. Maybe Rudy Gestead is, is the only one that, that comes out with any credit. So that's something that I think, you know, come the end of the season, you know, that's going to form part of the inquest of was Borough's January business good enough um, that I mean, Hull are a different team now, aren't they? After the people have brought in, um, I don't know. I don't. I mean, it's very difficult now to see a way out for Borough and take any positives. I do think I agree with Vic. They were much more of a threat last night. I think in Rudy Gusted, they've got they've got a player who can cause anyone problems. Um, but I mean, can they can they strike the balance? They just haven't got the balance right all season. It's been like Groundhog Day, hasn't it? You're too defensive, and you're too attacking, then you're too defensive again, and, and it's exactly the same problem. Different manager for the same problem. Is there any way out now? Because you look at Hull last night, and then the gap there, and and you think Hull have got Watford and Sunderland to play at home, so you you need to gain two victories on Hull at least, and. And and then probably get results on top of the results that they're likely to get there if you see where I'm coming well, from. Well, hope springs eternal. You know, Borough are knocked down. It's statistically possible. Uh, we know that if they win against Burnley and the results go right on on Saturday over, over the weekend, suddenly you're within touching distance and with a game in hand. So it's possible. It, it does mean that now they're going to have to pull out of the, out of the bag a result against one of the big sides. Yeah, but, so but it is possible. Which Sunderland, David Moyes said the same of Sunderland. Yeah. Didn't he? We now need results that I didn't, I, that yeah. I didn't it's, vouch for. It's no longer in Borough's hands. That, that's the key thing over the last two or three weeks. That the, the the stats have swung against Borough. The, the momentum swung against Borough, and also they've lost, they've lost control of their own fate. Uh, so that they're all bleak things, but we have seen teams get out of situations like this before. I mean, I know it's very depressing now, and everyone might be thinking, "Well, that's it, game over." But the the fact is, the knockdown. You know, there's is it nine games to go? Eight games. Eight games to go. It can be done. It might take a fluke. It might take a, another team to do as a massive favour. But yes, it it is still there, so you can't give up. Shall I? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that whatever happens between now and the end of the season, um, I mean, it's crucial that, that Agnew and, and the backroom staff he's kind of put in, that they get some kind of momentum going. I mean, it might not be enough at this stage. It might be enough. I mean, yeah, stranger things, football's a funny game, stranger things have happened. But whatever happens, he has to get a plan in place now. He can't, he, he's had three games with three different systems. I think now he just has to back himself and say, right, it's my job and I've got now eight games and I'm going to play the way that I think that Borough should be playing um, because it, he's still in the audition of his life isn't he really and if, if Borough you know, can win four out of the last eight and just just narrowly go down all of a sudden you know, there's a chance there's hope, there's, there's shoots of optimism for next season, if not then Agnew will, you know, he probably won't be in charge next season, will he? I think, I think Borough have to take something into next season, whichever division they're in. Um, it is depressing at the minute, but uh, I think it's, uh, it's absolutely vital that they just get back to basics, really. I mean, I, I, you look at paper, at this stage of the season, there's always, there's always results that, that kind of surprise you. And, you, you know, you could argue if you had a kind of red tinted glasses on you could look at maybe the Arsenal game and say well they're not, they're not in great shakes at the minute so we can maybe do something here all it takes is one result for a bit of momentum but I think for Agnew I mean 
he's getting the finger pointed at him quite a lot today. I thought he was in a bit of a tricky spot in tactically yesterday. Because um, does he have a go or does he get accused of not having a go and, and, and it kind of just limps to a finish? I think he just needs to back himself now, try and keep the background noise to a minimum and say, right, I've got eight games to prove myself and, and then we'll, we'll see where we go from there. One of the more downbeat tropes, I think it's fair to say, that we've recorded over the last couple I, of years. I quite like the idea that Johnny had his optimistic hat on, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> we need optimism and some, some Breros yeah. to get yeah. through yeah. the next couple of I've weeks. I've been looking for that around the office for the last <laughs> Thanks a lot, fellas. Cheers.